And if you're insecure and you haven't dealt with your stuff, mind games begin to take place. And so this is the tactic, this is the wild, this is the method, this is the scheme of the enemy. He wants your mind to be distracted. He wants you to be caught up in what you see instead of what you believe. And the, the word that I had was in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, lest Satan should deceive you because we are not ignorant of his devices. Someone say devices. Who wants a revelation today? Just one person, fantastic. Another one over here. The word devices is a Greek word, noamata. Now, it comes from the word nous, which speaks of the mind and the intellect. But mata is speaking of a confused mind, a scrambled mind, an overwhelmed mind, a mind that is all over the place. That is his target. So right here, I feel even in my heart that there's some people wrestling. And I would suggest to you, don't listen to the options, listen to the truth. That's right. What has taken you away from the truth? Get back to what you originally believed, because whatever's in your thoughts is actually causing you to get out of the will of God. And so this spirit is at work right now, trying to dissemble and disintegrate this church. But God's not going to let it happen. There's one, one, one amen, okay? So I would suggest to you that you counteract that and you attack it and bring it down. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds, castles, citadels. Yeah. Amen. Literally, prison. That's why Psalms 142 verse 7 says, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise you. You're not praising God like you should because your soul's in prison. So get out of prison you'll start praising him. Amen. Oh, well, you, you don't understand what's going on. It's not about me understanding. It's about you understanding. See, I don't buy into your victimhood because you're not a victim no more. Amen. See, victimhood has so ingrained into our thinking, we come into the church and we think it's always about the devil attacking us. But it's actually the root of it is the victim identity. The truth is, you are supreme. The truth is, you are more than a conqueror. The truth is, you sit in the heavenly realms far above all principality and yes. power, rule and dominion. The truth is, is that you're triumphing in Christ and he is diffusing through you the fragrance of his knowledge in every single place. But today, my job is, is to come in and to remove the fogginess, the haziness, and the lying emotions that are trying to take you out of who you are in Christ. So that is my job today. You consider me as an SAS soldier coming in to do a quick job, a quick cleanup, so that you can get back on track and let's go for it in Jesus' name. Is that okay? Well, that's more exciting than what I first got. So the reason for this is because the spirit of poverty is very strong in this region. And God wants to break the spirit of poverty off the church. So if you find that you get upset and you always feel like, well, it's all good for you and you don't understand and I'm always struggling, that is a poverty mindset. A poverty mindset is rooted in a powerless spirit. The truth is God's given you the power to prosper, but are you willing to believe it? 
Are you willing to stop expecting everyone to do it for you and actually take responsibility for the God-ordained gift upon you? See, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, that he gives you the power to produce wealth. Amen. And John the Apostle said, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. So if the soul doesn't prosper, don't think that you thinking things are going to get better is going to change until you change your thinking. So if you find that you're arguing against and you find it a struggle to hear God wants to prosper you, that is a poverty mindset that's trying to hold you back. And it tries to keep you in a religious spirit because the religious spirit says it's not about money. Really? So what are you doing for Jesus then? When's the last time you blessed a person or you've been thinking about yourself so much? Oh, I can't be, I can't give that. That's a poverty mindset. And God wants to break it off this church. Yes. And that's why Pastor Brad is being sent on an assignment. He's come to stir up the nest and set you free. So if you listen to wisdom, you listen to experience, and you listen to the instruction, you'll actually grow up and stop blaming people for your predicament and condition. Yep. So that's not even the message, but I felt to share that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, on the screen, you'll see the message is Thrive. So I have a word for Thrive. It's called More Than a Conqueror. What is more than a conqueror? Well, more than means hooperbello. It means over, above, and beyond. And it gives a picture of shooting an arrow way beyond its target. Or you may put it this way, Mike Tyson hops in the ring with Cody. Now, we all know that Cody is going to lose before Mike Tyson even gets in the ring. That's more than a conqueror. Because Mike Tyson has already defeated him before he even fights him. That's the kind of spirit that God has for us. Yes. But when I look at myself and I look at the church in its current state, I find that it's more focused on its weaknesses. It's more focused on how to get by and when is my next breakthrough instead of saying I'm actually work, working from and operating from a spirit of breakthrough. Yes. It's taken me years to grab this. So the challenges that come my way are using as fuel for the journey now. See, trials are compulsory to be a victim and to be angry is a choice. Yeah. Get it? So I accept trials now. Yeah. Most of the church is trying to avoid them. Oh, I don't want to be attacked no more. Bring on the attacks. Oh, don't talk like that. Well, meet, why not? Meet your Goliath. Amen. The devil tried to set me up for years to say, I don't want, I don't want you to get attacked no more. You've already been hurt enough. Come on, you, if you knew my story, trust me, I've been attacked most of you. I've had been mangled up in life. But when God gets on the inside and truth sets you free, I, I, I'm looking forward. Yeah, do I like it at the time? No. It unsettles me. But because I know it's compulsory, I accept the challenge and I look for truth in it and I'm going places that most dare not to go. See, my freedom is not according to your opinion of me. My freedom is according to the worth and value that God says about me. See, most man-pleasing today is rooted in the fear of man. See, if I don't fear you, I don't please you. <laughs> Amen. See that? And so we need to start realising that my worth and value is in my hands, not yours no more. Yeah. Amen. See, codependent people live out of reaction to others because they think their worth and value is in the other person. They haven't individuated. They haven't grown up. They haven't learned who they really are. 
So they've got to find themselves in someone else. See, I found myself in Christ, and my completeness is in him anyway. <laughs> and so more than a conqueror, a warrior, a victor. Now, that is the ultimate goal, isn't it? You want to be more than a conqueror. So to be a conqueror, I'm going to break down a few emotional conditions for you to step into it. Because I'm not going to tell you you're more than a conqueror without giving you the steps to it. Otherwise, you're going to feel like you're trying to always get somewhere that's unattainable. And so I'm going to break it down so that you can actually take steps into growing into more than a conqueror. Amen. See, David had to fight the lion. David had to strike the bear before he had the Goliath. Yes. And sometimes we're putting the cart before the horse. Yes. So we're meant to be this, but why do I feel like that? I'm meant to go there, but why do I feel like I'm always going back? It's because we're not understanding ourselves. We're strangers to ourselves. And that is a bad day when you're a stranger to yourself. Why are people falling off the bandwagon all the time? Because they're strangers to themselves. The safest ministry is self-awareness. Most people fall because they don't know and capture themselves and examine themselves where they're really at before it happens. But we've been told, well, it's not about yourself all the time. But unfortunately, we've gone into denial instead of denying. See, I can only deny what I acknowledge. Denial, denial is I don't want to acknowledge what's there. But deny is I can see it, now I can deny it. So how do I know myself? Because I educated myself. Mm. See, the limits of language are the limits of my cognitive mind. All I really know is what I have words for. Why do people swear? Because they're sloppy. They're uneducated. Their soul has not moved beyond its restricted communication. So when they get angry, they just express in cathartic release. Kick, slam, slap, chuck the plate. Come on, punch <laughs> the door, kick that, kick the cat. Nothing against cats. <laughs> Nothing against cats. Just, just putting it out there. <laughs> and so the mind of Christ has been preached for years, but no one's really defined it for us. So the mind of Christ is mental and emotional health. Yes. The mind of Christ is knowing the thoughts and the intentions of the heart of God. Because Jesus ultimately wants to become home in your heart. See, a dove won't even land if there's turmoil. So how can Jesus be at home in your heart when your mind is full of barbed wire and broken glass and trauma and pain and the memories that keep tripping you up from your progress? And that's why you've got the hit and miss spirit. That's why you've got the double-minded, unstable in all your ways spirit. Because you're ambivalent, you're double-minded, you're doing the splits. You've got the double bind going on. You've got the cognitive dissonance. You've got the two-spirited, two-soul person of you that's got a reference for the world and a reference for God. So it's time to make your mind up. One of the translations from the Passion Translation says you're disengaged and you're disinterested. Truth is exciting, it's exhilarating. Yes, it it's life-transforming. The Bible says, buy the truth and don't sell it. 
We're selling out all the time for lies. Here's a lie for you. Who wants a lie today? <laughs> trust no one. My survival's all up to me. How's that translated in the church? I trust God. I don't trust men. And we don't relate to people. We disconnect ourselves. And we know that Proverbs 18 says, he isolates himself, seeks his own wise judgment and resists. He resists wise judgment. But this belief is setting up people in the church all the time. That's why they sit in the grandstand and don't get in the game. That's why you sit there every Sunday. You don't serve Jesus. You serve yourself. Because you trust no one, your survival's all up to you. Why do you trust no one? Because it comes from earlyhood rejection and shame. It comes from abandonment, so you put walls around your heart. So start telling yourself people are trustworthy once that trust is earned. I don't have to be naive no more. I can earn trust and build trust and know that there's godly people that are worthy of trust. And that lie is crippling the church. That's why you get the prophetic people. They say the church doesn't understand me, but they're not realising that they're in rebellion. Because a prophetic gift should be submitted to the prophets. And should be submitted to the leadership because they look out for your soul. But sometimes we think we know what's best for our soul instead of our leaders. As though we've been there, done that, got the cigar. Because <laughs> apparently we know more, don't we? Just a thought. And so emotional and mental health, who's ready for this? This is how you get mental and emotional health. It's accepting the outcome of your decisions. Yes. The consequences of your decisions. Yes. yes. Most people do not accept the outcome of their decisions. They cannot sit with nor accept the outcome of their wrong decisions. They don't want to be accountable for their own decisions. And you know who gets the blame? Everyone else. God. That's right. <laughs> Why didn't you come through, Lord? Why didn't you do it this way, Lord? And we end up in disappointment and blaming the person that had nothing to do with it. The responsibility is on us, church. Yes. The truth was his responsibility. Obedience is our responsibility. Yes. What you sow is what you... Reap. God is not mocked. So if you sow to the flesh, it says you'll reap destruction. Yep. You'll reap pain. You'll reap sorrow. You'll reap loss. Yep. So accepting the outcome of your own decisions. Yes. The other one is accepting short-term pain for long-term gain. Amen. You better write that one down. Quick fix society. Let's just drive through McDonald's. <laughs> Let's just slap it in the microwave. <laughs> That's the way the church thinks. Because if God doesn't do it according to my expectation, but what about perseverance? Isn't that what builds character? Yes. And only when you get character, that's what builds hope. Hallelujah. So maybe your hope's lacking because you're not letting God build your character first. Yes. See, someone that doesn't have character doesn't have hope because they give up on themselves thinking, I'm a mess, God can't even change me. And so to get the four fundamentals of emotional and mental health, first and foremost, your innocence needs to be restored. Most people can't even see themselves innocent because they're so barraged by all their guilt and shame from the past. 
Innocence means to be without guilt. Amen. See, King David said in Psalms 38, 4, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too much, too heavy for me to bear. I preached that recently and a married man came up the front and said, I didn't even realise that I've been angry for years because of my guilt. He said, I discovered this morning when you preached that verse of all the times I committed adultery. And he said, that guilt hasn't left me and I've been wondering why I'm so agitated about my wife. He said, today I'm letting go of the guilt. Amen. That man will find freedom today. Just from that one revelation. The other thing that needs to be restored is significance. See, the fact is every person here is important. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. The third thing you need is to know that you're safe. You are safe in the hands of the Lord. Come on, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but those who trust the Lord will be kept safe. The word safe gives a picture of someone being so high and lifted up that they're inaccessible. You can be safe in the Lord now. It says he is our strong tower. We can trust the name of the Lord because we can run to that safe place every day. Amen. You don't have to run to the places you used to run. Everyone in here is probably good at running. The question is, do you run to the right places? Yeah, that's right. If you're good at running, run into the storm. Amen. Run into the battle. That's what Proverbs says, doesn't it? That's right. Yes. If you faint in the day of adversity, how small is your strength? See, most here, you want to you ride with the horseman, but you won't walk with the footman first. Your qualification is how good you do on the foot level before you go on the swift level. Amen. You can't handle the battles coming your way. So don't deceive yourselves because if you're not a doer of the word now, don't expect to be one when you get on the horses. Does that make sense what I'm saying? The battle is swifter. It's fierce. So deal with your thinking now. Don't think you're going to deal with it later. It's too late. And the other one that is good for our emotional health is progress. We all need progress. I'll show you the most discouraged person in church is when they don't have progress. Because we all want movement, but we've got to move. We've got to move. Everyone wants to move. But if you get stuck, you're not a good person to be around. Because everyone was designed for progress. That's why we go from strength to strength, glory to glory, and faith to faith. That's why Paul says we're strengthened with might in the inner man. Day by day, we're getting renewed to this inward fortitude of strength. That's right. Amen. If you're going to be strong, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you're going to be weak, let him be strong. Okay, there's nothing wrong with you being weak. The question is, are you renewing your mind in it? See, I know this about life. You have a renewed mind here this morning if you can sit in your pain and be completely okay with it. 
that's when you know you've got a renewed mind. If you're trying to wrestle your way out of the pain, you're not renewed. Yes, that's true. Absolutely. That's the thought? Okay. <laughs> we haven't moved past more than a conqueror. <laughs> Who's feeling like there could be change on the horizon? See, if I can make sense to you, you can be set free. Amen. A problem defined is a problem half resolved. That's half the problem. People don't know what the problem is. <laughs> How good's that? And it's accepting correction from those who know more than us. Yes. It's accepting our past because there's nothing we can do about it now except for redefine it. Reframe. Amen. And renew ourselves into who we really are and to separate ourselves from what we weren't. You're not in Adam anymore. Well, why do I still struggle? Because you've got a body. It's called fleshly desires. And your fleshly desires are aroused by your premeditation of pleasing those desires. You mean I have to change the way I think? Yes, you do, because those who think on the spirit live in the spirit. Those who think on the flesh manifest the flesh. The Bible says don't think about how to gratify the lust of the flesh. The word think about means don't premeditate. Yes. You're thinking your way into your defeat. So change your thinking and... Maybe your journey will change and you'll transition into victory a lot sooner than expected. See, the Bible says it's your responsibility to take every thought captive, not God's. Yes, correct. How many times you ask God to help you and you say, oh, well, I've helped you. What thought is actually taking you out of my peace? What thought is taking you out of your blessing? Because isn't yes. the, the thoughts that we take captive that actually let us go into the law of Christ? You yes. take it captive, you're actually starting to live in the law of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's balancing your expectations with the expectations of others. <laughs> if you get angry at people all the time, it's probably because you're a perfectionist and idealist. <laughs> well, I'm a perfectionist. Well, get over it. You're not perfect. <laughs> No wonder you get so dirty at yourself because your expectations are too high. You're setting yourself up to fail. So lower your expectations with your expectations. Balance them out with other people. Yes. The other thing is balancing your needs with the needs of others. It's not all about you. Sorry. You know what happened to Narcissus, don't you? In Greek mythology, the god Narcissus, he walked down to the water, seen his reflection in the water, got so mesmerised and fell in and drowned. <laughs> you may be drowning because all you're focused on is you. Yeah. Come on, the backslider in heart is filled with their own ways. That's what the Bible says. But a good man is satisfied from above. Amen. I think that's in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14. Backslidden hardest. If you're filled with the only ways, you could possibly be backslidden this morning. Yeah. We think backslidden means you're outside the church. That's not exactly true. You could be sitting there thinking constantly about your needs, your problems, 
your situation without even a thought about Jesus or anyone else. The truth is you're backslidden. What is backslidden? It means you slipped back. You're not living from your original state in Christ. You're living a self-centered life instead of a centered life, a balanced life. Is that cool? Yeah. That's cool. And it's a balance of trust. I know I'm just chucking in a few things. <laughs> it's a balance of trust. If you want emotional and mental health, you're going to have to have a balance of trust. And if there's no balance of trust, you're going to have to get assertive. Angry people don't need to get... Sorry, assertive people don't need to get angry. That's right. Oh, we don't want to do the biblical model, though, do we, in Matthew 18? Go and tell your brother his fault. Oh, no, I can't do that. I've just got to go to the pastor. No wonder the church is weak. You're not standing up on your own two feet and actually telling your brother his fault. Mm. Amen. And it doesn't say do it rudely. It says do it with gentleness. Do it with love. Do it in truth. And if your brother doesn't accept you, then go and get the hierarchy. <laughs> Come on. Accountability comes, doesn't it? We know those who are unaccountable when the, the hierarchy rocks up, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> <Amen. Okay. laughs> start? And we need to consider our goals and monitor our progress. Hey, if you aim for nothing, you're going to hit nothing. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> a man without a vision will always return to his past. Yep. A man without a clear mental image of a preferable future will always return to his past because he's got nothing to hook on to. Discipline is easy for those that know where they're going. That's why Proverbs chapter 29 says, without a prophetic revelation, without a vision, people cast off restraints. They say, I don't want to discipline myself. It's distasteful for me. Why? Because they're living their lives aimlessly and recklessly. You say, well, how did I get over all those things in my life? Vision. Vision got me my passion to discipline. You'll find a person that hasn't got vision, hasn't got much discipline. So that's the key. And it's it's considering your internal worth and value. Your internal sense of security. And it's also knowing and considering that you are the temple of God. You are not your own. You're being bought with a price. Yes. Hallelujah. We'll go on to the next slide now. Who's ready? Was the entree good? You might have to recall the message. Now, what I do is I break things down because they need to make sense to me. A lot of things don't make sense to me, so I break them down so I can make sense of them. But he who, but who can bear a broken spirit, yeah? Proverbs 18, 14. It says that a kind man, a kind word cheers him up, right? So your spirit can sustain you much better in sickness than what it can in being crushed. You physically get sick, it's horrible, yeah? But your spirit can sustain you. Yes, right. But a crushed, a broken, a wounded, or in the Hebrew, an easily angered spirit, who can bear? 
Yeah. The reason we're not walking as a conqueror is because we have feelings that are so overwhelming that it contradicts the truth. We question the truth and we don't walk into the liberty of the truth because our feelings are becoming our truth. Pastors are committing suicide today. It's the truth. Why? Because they cannot get beyond what they feel. What are you you're saying? It's that easy. Yeah, it's that easy. See, a helpless mindset is a recipe for depression. Yeah. So until you empower your thinking to line up with Christ, you're always going to be depressed. Because you're going to think feel like life is constantly pressing you down. You haven't got the answers to get you through it, and you have. I'm writing a book about suicide. And one of the chapters is about the mongoose and the king cobra. The mongoose has an immunity within it built by God to fight off the poison of the king cobra. That's right. And the mongoose continually strikes the cobra on the skull and crushes its skull and kills the king cobra. We cannot kill the lies in our life until the immunity of truth lives within us. Praise God. Amen. Truth has to be the substance of our reality. Yes. And so this crushed, can we go on to the next slide, please? See, an emotional wound that is left unattended will slowly inflame the spirit with, the, with an infection and thereby vex the soul with torment. Infected wounds like this will prevent the victim's mind from receiving love and affirmation from others due to the emotional distortions they feel. Can we go to the next one, please? The wounded walk backwards, not forwards. So if you're walking one minute forward, one minute back, it's because whatever has gotten you stuck is telling you that it's the truth, but really it's a lie. Lies are what holding you back in your pain. See, your greatest asset here right now is your self-concept. If you don't change your self-talk, those voices in your head, you will not change the way you feel. Don't try and fix up the feelings and don't tell God to take it away. Your feelings don't pack their bags and go on a holiday overseas. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I'm checking out for a month, mate. I'm going for a holiday. We know, as we all know that they don't do that. Is that correct? Yes. And what you don't want is your feelings hopping in the driver's seat and steering your mind wherever your feelings wish to go. Well, if I feel this way, it has to be the truth. And the lie is my feelings would never lie to me. And I'm here today to let you know that your feelings are lying to you and they're misrepresenting to you who you really are. I'm not going to say it's not about your feelings. I'm going to say identify the feeling and ask yourself the question, does it line up with the truth and does it set you free? If it doesn't line up with the truth and it doesn't set you free, it's time to tell that feeling to sit down and shut up. It's time that you uproot it and tear it down and then replace it with the truth. Well, how's that work in my life? Well, I got invited to a Jordanian wedding, didn't I, with a bunch of Arabs in Sydney. And that's where I used to take all my drugs. I don't want to go back to Sydney. Then I get asked that I've got to wear a suit. 
So all the emotions and feelings like, oh, how's that going to work out? I'm around a bunch of gangsters and I'm getting overwhelmed and I'm predicting how I'm going to feel before I even get there. Because the default mood is an automatic emotion. I've realised something that they do not live from reality. See all these things you're making up in your head before you even enter the situation? It needs to come down. Amen. They're predicting your mood. Let me put it this way. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. One translation says there's only 24 hours in a day. You can't add another hour by worrying about it. (laughs) And when he says don't worry, he's saying don't be distracted. Live in the present. Live in the present. Live in the present. Feelings are not facts, but facts have feelings. So if your feelings are constantly setting you up to fail, it's an indication that that's what's causing you to fail. Next slide, please. (laughs) This is what we need to accept, that the Lord is present in the pain. Amen. Amen. Do not pray unbiblical prayers. Lord, take this pain away. Yeah. He will never answer. Have you noticed he's got amnesia? Yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Are you talking about a problem? It's like, are you listening? But if you start renewing your mind that he's present in the pain, only then can your soul and your heart be comforted in the pain. See, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. He is close to you to save you, yeah? He is close to save you. And that's what it says in Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the broken heart. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Next slide, please. I like this one. You may, You might not like it. But, you know, you are saying before, Thomas, about Pastor Thomas, I was going to another problem. Now, <laughs> sometimes I make mistakes, don't we? You'll forgive me, won't you? All right. I can reassure myself that I'm okay. Just forgive me. Now, look at this. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30. That doesn't make sense, does it? Because you don't want blows. You don't want blows coming against you, do you? You want blessing, peace, joy, grace. Mercy, compassion. I just want everything good. You don't want that, do you? You don't pray that, do you? I went to rehabilitation in 2011. And I thought I was going to sit around a bunch of counsellors, drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. Because Christians are weak. That's what I thought. And when I went into transformations, guess what happened? (laughs) I got slapped around. (laughs) A lot more than I wanted to be slapped around. I thought, oh... I don't want to come here for more pain. And so I used to sit in groups with this unbearable pain. I remember once they sat me down and said, Mark, shut your mouth. Put your hand under your lap. You're not to say a word and your whole house is going to give you feedback. And I can tell you from my experience, I felt like I was going to explode. But as they started giving me feedback, and as I sat with the pain and didn't react from the pain, the blows that hurt me cleanse 
my wounds. Because how can a pastor help you if you can't even sit with what you feel? So you're going to misinterpret love every time because you're going to see it as rejection instead of correction. You're going to see it as subjugation instead of submission. You're going to see disappointment, not, not as disappointment, but as despair. And so you've got all these emotions mixed up because of something else that's happened in your life. So the blows that actually hurt, you're not realising is to clean you up. And so stripes, the innermost part of the being. And so sometimes it takes, this is the good news translation, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Do you know, kids are very good listeners, but they are very poor at interpreting. You want to know how to change? Accept pain. Amen. And remember that it's short term. Adults will not change until the pain becomes so much they have to. Yes. There's two options for you. There's a harder way and there's a better way. You either listen and learn or you live and learn. Which one do you want? Oh, look, break me, make me tougher. Yeah, look at you, you're a mess. <laughs> you got the porcupine anointing on you. One <laughs> wants to go near you. Now, <laughs> 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 what's the next slide? Are we running out? Now, I'm going to finish with this. Hallelujah. This is what I do on a daily basis. I'm going to tell you what I do and what actually works. I've tried everything. I've tried binding, loosing, tearing, ripping. I've even tried to call Christ up from the dead. I've tried to pull him down, saying, hurry up and do your job properly. <laughs> I've tried everything, mate. <laughs> but you're as bound as what I want. You try anything. Come on, you even know in my book, I tried snorting eggshells because someone told me to get me off the chops. I've got a block nose and a headache for two days. <laughs> I had to go. <laughs> True story, read the book. <laughs> oh my god. No, no more stories. Now <laughs> see, it's telling yourself I may feel helpless, but the truth is he he is an ever present help in time of my trouble. See, your mind needs the reassurance. It needs to know that it doesn't need to fear and doubt. It needs to know that truth is the antidote. Truth is the freedom that you've been looking for. And so the mind needs a reinterpretation of a conclusion that it may believe as a lie. I'm stupid. No, you're not stupid. You just felt stupid and you concluded that you was. Hey, people that think they're stupid don't learn because what's the point? I'm stupid anyway. That's how I ended up. Do I look smart now? It's amazing what one feeling will do and one belief will do. Yeah. And then you end up dead because of it. Feeling trapped doesn't mean that I am trapped. It just... It's just my feelings. Look at this misrepresenting reality. The truth is, 
more than a conqueror. I can't tell you how many times I've driven through Brisbane because I've partied a bit in Brisbane down the valley. Who's been in the valley? Don't put me there. <laughs> you might have seen me there one night doing something I shouldn't have been doing, crazy. Maybe that's what you need to be set free for. <laughs> now, in the valley, I, I partied and I, and I ran them up. And what happened is the valley in Brisbane became something to me that I couldn't shake off me. You know when you drive into your past every day and it's so a part of you, you don't know how to set yourself free from it? That's what was happening to me. And I remember for about three years telling myself that that was then. This is now. I'm not the same person. I'm not doing the same thing. That's not the life I live. And 2 Corinthians 5 17 says, Therefore, because I am in Christ. I am in a new creation. I'm crucified to this world and this world is crucified to me. I've been doing that for the last five years solo and I can tell you my mind is completely separated from Brisbane and my drug taking past. I can drive into Brisbane now and I'm Mark Johnston, the new creation in Christ. Amen. You might have a thought and a memory but the power of it has been broken. So I separated my thinking, and I remember where it came up. I was drove through a town. This is where it first came up for me, and the town reminded me of people. My drug taking past, the environment reminded me exactly like where I came from, and I started getting this felt overwhelmed with it. Like, well, you don't want to be tempted, but you are, and you know it's bad, but you want it, you know all that sort of stuff. And so I'm feeling, oh, and I'm getting all anxious, and I rang up. Um, her name's Daphne Austin because I used to work at Transformations in Harvey Bay. And I said, Daphne, what's going on? Come on, man, I've been two years off drugs. Why am I still struggling with this stuff? Are you feeling like that? You're down the track, but why is there still that struggle there? So she said, Mark, it's it's just an echo. It's, it's a feeling, it's a memory that's lost its source. It's a memory that you don't know you're having when you're having it. And your mind's associated to memories, and sometimes you don't know where it's come from, but it brings up all these feelings. And she said, just tell yourself that that's them. This is now. This is not the same place. It's not the same people. It's not the same time frame. And I've been doing that for years. And so I, 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 I pray today is that my prayer is, is that you realize that there is so much freedom available for you. Yes. That it would take a lie to tell you any different and hold you back from it. The other lie that set me up for years is that my decisions don't have consequences. And then I'd get myself into the mess and say, what have I done? Come on, who's done that? You know it's wrong, but because you've got a belief deep down that your decisions don't have consequences. Why did I try and get away with things as a kid? Because I got frogged with a pool cue when I was younger. I was eight years old and I got smashed with a pool cue. So consequences to me were all about punishment. It wasn't about correction and realignment. So I have to now look at life differently and actually redefine those things in my life. The other lie that I believed is that life, success and happiness should come easy. It doesn't, guys. The Bible doesn't even say it does. 
Yes, it does say in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. But the prospering of the soul needs to make you rich first because you can get an inheritance, you can get a blessing and squander it overnight because yeah. you haven't got the wisdom. Yes. So it makes sense what I'm saying. And so when you look at Psalms 34, verse 10, it says, Young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And so we see the verse in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. And we think straight away, because we've sought the Lord for a few hours, and where's it all popping out of the heavens for me? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and so I'd say to you today, seek literally means to crave. Yep. Yep. Seek first the kingdom of pole position that's number one. Don't get your eyes ever off it. Because it creeps into the church where you're interpreting your blessing according to what you have. But God says, no, I will deliver what I said I'll deliver. You just do what I've asked you to do. Focus on me. Seek first the kingdom. The word kingdom means the king's domain, but it also means a royal realm ruled by a king who has its foundations in power. Yep. That's why Paul the Apostle said the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. Yep. It's a power. Because the foundation of the throne is in power. Most don't walk in power because they don't seek first the Lord. And so when you're in the presence of the Lord with intimacy, power has an opportunity to express itself through you. So seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things begin to be added to you. Your sole purpose is to know him and the power of his resurrection. See, there's that's, everyone here, a friend told me once, he sat me down and said, Mark, you're nothing more, nothing less than your relationship with Jesus. And I went, oh, that doesn't sit with me. <laughs> and I realised something, that my worth, my value, my relationship with him is really, in essence, the only thing that I'm taking to heaven. You're only taking your character to heaven, guys. Everything down here, the moth and rust destroy. Really, why would we put more importance on that? Amen. So, Father, this morning, I thank you with all my heart. First and foremost, I thank you for the opportunity. I never wanted to talk about emotions and feelings, to be honest with you. But you know the truth. I'm a big burly guy with a bad past and tattoos and I'm talking about feelings and emotions, please. But the truth is, Lord, this is, this has been preordained. Yes. This is a prophetic message to the church. It's actually on par. It's on target. And I feel that it's so heavenly bound that I would be completely disobedient if I wasn't to preach it. I thank you for every person here this morning. I feel your presence coming in, Lord, and I feel like you want to touch some people's hearts this morning. You want to soothe the pain. And I feel like there's even people here this morning, you've really gotten something this morning that's like, I need to do something about this now. If you don't know Jesus this morning, the Bible says you're missing out. 
I could tell you you're going to hell if you don't believe, but what's that mean to you? It means something that you don't understand. But if I said to you that the God of heaven, that apparently you don't believe, yet you see him through creation, and that he actually is reaching out to you today, that he's not holding his sins against you, he's not condemning you, he didn't come to condemn you, he came to restore you. He came to make sense of things that don't make sense. He came to give you reasons when you're at that point of saying there is no reason. Life is just full of nothingness. What is the point? Where am I going? What's all this about? If you don't know Jesus this morning, may I encourage you to lift up your hand if you don't know him. Or if you do know him and you know you're sitting there and you're just totally self-centered and you're backslidden, but you know from this message today you want change. I see your hand up the back, mate. Thank you. Is there anyone else? How about we all pray this? Father God. Father God. I thank you. I thank you. That you didn't just die for my sins. You didn't just die for my You sin. became my sin. You became my sin. And because of what you've done, because of what you've what done, I've done, not what I've done, I accept this free gift. I accept into my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ. That He is master of all. He is master of all. And that He is worthy for me to lay my life down to. And He is worthy for me to lay my life down to. I accept you not just as my Savior today. I accept you as my Lord. <laughs> I accept you as my Lord. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. 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 Can we get a bit of music in the background? I don't know if I'm okay to keep going if that's all right. Who, who enjoyed this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't he good? He's awesome, isn't he? What's what's your name, sir? Oh, the one behind Andrew. Father God, I thank you for Andrew. You know, you've got such a precious heart, Andrew. And sometimes the pressure of life can get the better of you. But you know, God has a specific tailor-made plan for you. I want to let you know this morning, Andrew, that you count that you're a marked man. And what you don't seem to be, God's saying, I'll transform you into being that person. I see strength coming your way. I see hope. And I see that the Lord says, the plans that I have for you, Andrew, it's for good and not evil. It's to give you a hope in the future. Amen. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help him make sense of some things. You're going to settle him in this season of his life. He is married. Lord, I pray blessing over their marriage. I tear down the misinterpretation of what truth may be to each one of them. And I pray they go back to the drawing board and say, Lord Jesus, we surrender our perceived truths to the reality of your truth. Amen. We let you be the centerpiece. We let you be the Lord of our relationship. And so I declare peace and power, and grace, and mercy, and breakthrough in Jesus' name over that relationship. And I thank you, Lord. I even declare total provision 
and constant supply over your life. I declare the shalom blessing. Yes. I declare that everything assisting you is present. Everything hindering you is absent. It's time for a journey of faith for the both of you. Starve your doubts and feed your faith. It's time to rise up. Let those weary hands, they're not going to droop anymore. God's saying, I'm going to strengthen you with faith. The confident expectation of things you cannot see. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, if we just worship for a bit, if that's okay, and I'll just wait on the Lord. If there's anything else, I'll share if that's okay. Just sing. How about we sing, guys? He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the glory. Come on, elevate him. Exalt him. Lift him. Can we sing it? You're worthy of it all. You got that song? You're worthy of it all. You're worthy. Tear down every thought, every wall, every method, every scheme, every dark imagination, everything that exalts itself against the true wisdom and knowledge of the Word of God. Amen. I break it, annihilate it, dissemble it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the metron, the, the sphere of influence upon me, Father. I tear down in Jesus' name the doubt, the unbelief, the ambivalence, the lies, the deception. Yes, Lord. I thank you right now. The truth is rising up from the earth and the grace of God is coming down to empower this church in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Every single person is getting refreshed and revived and touched and released and healed and delivered and preserved and prospered in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They're called. They're anointed of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, by Penetrating through the enemy's devices in Jesus' name, clearing the way here today. And I tear down the restrictions and the walls of this community. I tear down the lies that surround it. And I want to say thank you, Father. Your kingdom will come right now. It's in us. We go out into the world. We go and make the difference. We are the church. We are invincible. We are supreme. We have complete victory. We are more than conquerors. We're triumphing in Christ in Jesus' name. 
Times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. Rama, take your miracle. Just pull it. Pull it. Pull. Pull your miracle. Take yes, your breakthrough. Lord. Just take it. Take it. Take it. Take your breakthrough this morning. Just take that anointing. Take in the anointing. Be refreshed by the anointing.
and it shows me that the Lord has something tailor-made, something very specific, and something very special. And he's really trying to shut that down. Guys, it's time to listen to the shepherd. It's not time to listen to what's going on around you. Jesus said, you know my voice. Another voice you will not listen to. Don't listen no longer to the other voice. If it doesn't line up in Scripture, don't listen to it. If it causes turmoil in your life, do not listen to it. If it takes you away from community, do not listen to it. It's the enemy. He's trying to wreak havoc. He's trying to shut something down that God's trying to set up. Amen. And, and Hayden, you know, God has placed something so ravenous, a deep hunger within your heart. And I can see that that God space, God's going to help you to bring it into the people space. It's not just going to be a vertical relationship. It's going to be a horizontal. And the Lord's going to bring you into a season where you're going to relate, hang out with, fellowship with, and be a part of this community on a whole new level. And the enemy's been trying to resist that in you. But God's coming in and saying, I'm coming to hit you where it hurts because I want to help you to go where you really want to go. And yes, he's going to raise you up. Yes, he's going to use you. Yes, you are mighty in his hand. You're a warrior for him. Amen. Can we just keep worshipping softly and end it over? Thank you, church. Praise the Lord. He was blessed this morning. Amen. Powerful word. Give God some praise. Before we open the floor up for ministry, if you're wanting some prayer, come on up and the team will pray for you. But I think now we're going to take a love and offering for Mark and his ministry and um, and the powerful mission that God has given him. So if you were blessed today and you feel in your heart that you want to bless him, um, the service team will be coming around with, um, with envelopes. Just raise your hand. Uh, fill up one of those envelopes if you want to bless Mark and the mission that he has that God has called him to. Because it's so powerful and we received um, breakthrough today, I believe. Amen, church. So um, I'm just going to let the worship team do that. And if you're wanting some prayer, come on up and, and receive prayer. But I want to start to release the um, everyone uh, to enjoy their Sunday and to, and to bless Mark and to bless our week. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your, for your mighty word. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for Mark, Lord, Father. Father, we pray a blessing, a mighty blessing on him, Lord God. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you're moving in your awesome way, Lord God, amongst your people in this neighborhood, Lord God, and throughout your kingdom, Lord Father. Father, bless him, Lord God. Bless each and every one of us today as we go out. In your precious name we pray, we pray. Amen, amen. Yeah, I just feel in my heart, and I don't know how, Pastor Greg, like I see you standing here and you've known things over there but I see the eyes of the Lord opening up your spiritual eyes and giving you clarity into the season 
into the direction. He's given you eyes to see. And so, Father, where the enemy has tried to confuse and try to block his mental faculties from seeing exactly what you're doing and where you're going, I thank you, Lord, that you're coming where the enemy has been risen up like a flood. God says, where he's coming in like a flood, I'm going to raise up a standard against him. Father, we thank you for Pastor Greg that he has eyes to see and he has ears to hear and a heart that's going to perceive. And I feel like the word of the Lord and a fresh word is coming to your heart. God is going to come in a very fresh way, in a beautiful way. And I can see that a confident expectation is coming as a result. You know, it's amazing because when the servant said there's an army outside, Elijah the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see who's with us. And I feel like the Lord's saying that to you. God's going to show you that what's for you is much more than what's been against you. So, Father, we thank you for Pastor Greg, and we thank you for that encouragement in his heart that, Lord, he can see like Elijah the prophet. He can see that the battle is won despite the enemy standing there at the gate. We just thank you for him in Jesus' name. I didn't know how this was going to pan out, but uh, I, you know, this is this is God. And uh, Mark, I just hear the Lord saying, "Son, this is a new season, a new day for you." Because as I'm bringing so much change around about you, sometimes you don't know what's old, what's new, because it's like everything seems to be changing. But God says you got a good grasp on things anyway. And God says I'm bringing things revelation thick and fast. And God says, I just see it's like you know, this has been times. It's like you sort of been just compartmentalizing this and that because it's so much and, and now God says now I want you to go back and I want you to start to bring out of the treasures of the good there's still some things that are in there that God says I'm bringing you out uh, I'm bringing out some good things and God says I'm going to get you to mix it with some of the old and I tell you what it's going to bring revelation and understanding as it has even this morning to this church and to those ones who've heard and the Lord says son you have you, you, you don't water the word down you bring the word you, you pack it as a punch but it's like it's, a, it's, it's something that's done in love because you have a heart, not just for God's church, but for his people. And there's a heart that you see that's like God, you, God gives you, and you know, speaking about the eyes, God's given you eyes to see in people. And you can see the future and you can see the, 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 you know, what's in there. It's like the, the, the gold that's in behind all this other rubbish. And that's what you're, you're addressing. That's what you're speaking to. And that's what you're bringing out. And God says, just as I have brought that out in you, because you can see it in others, what you have come from, you're able to minister out of and into people. And you're going to set many people free. There's addictions that you're going to have broken uh, off people's lives because you've been broken free from those very same things. And, and others, you're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. And the Lord says, Son, as I have had you even on the back burner, and I have been dealing with stuff, even in your own life, God says, there's been times where you, you wanted to come and you wanted to do this. And God says, it's not time, it's not ready, it's not the season. But God says, you'll know when that season is. And I feel you are so close right now that he's taking you from the back burner and he's putting you on the front. And you're going to be on the front lines. 
And I feel like there's going to be times media are going to come to you because the revelation that God has and the word that God has put in your mouth to be a blessing, not just to the church, but to people. For God says, I've called you not just in the church, but I'm going to call you outside of the church as well. Because the revelation you have is the word of God. And the word of God will bring the life because it is truth. People need to hear the truth whether they're saved or unsaved. So God says, I'm calling you. I feel like sometimes you're like, a, you're like an old soul. God's changing your name. He's changing your background. He's changing everything about you. And instead of kicking against the goats, now you're with God. And I see that there is such a quickness that God is doing in you and through you. God knows even the desires that are on your heart because God says, I put them there. And even though you haven't seen some of these things come to pass, God says, I can do a quick work, Mark. And I'm about to do a quick work. There's a whole bunch of things I'm just about to catch up to you. It's not that you're ahead of God, but God has just said, I've had a few things on hold. They've been delayed. They have not been canceled. But I'm about to release them and they're about to catch up with you and they're about to sweep you in to so many different things, different avenues, different areas, even different, I see even different lifestyle coming to you. Because before God says you couldn't handle it, now God says, I've been weighing you up and boy, you're ready. Doesn't mean that you, yeah, but you're ready for this part. So God is saying, son, I love, I love this. God says, well done, good and faithful. You have been faithful with what I've given to you. Now God says, I'm going to give you more. So, Father, we bless this man of God today. We thank you, Father. Lord, and he represents your name. He represents your word in power, love, and spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, even as he continues on. There's doors and opportunities that are going to open up, that are going to blow your mind. Countries, governments, kings are going to want you to come and minister and to speak into their lives because of the power of God that's upon yours and because you've laid, you've laid your life down. You've paid the price. Thank you, Father. Lord, watch over him. Keep yes. him, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing your hand of favor and blessing that's upon him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see right now that you're taking out of the Mori clay and you said, I'm setting you upon the rock of my world. That the way you've seen yourself 
through your own eyes and through what life has dealt you, I'm going to redefine and reinterpret that for you. And Father, where things have tried to clamp him down and restrict him and cause him to be confused about himself and not know exactly who he is, thank you, Lord, you're going to settle the score because lies were uh, introduced into your life as a little boy. And things were said to you that were not meant to be said. And things were done to you that were not meant to be done. But God says, I am your Papa God. I am your dad. I'm your father. And thank you, Father, that you're going to restore unto him the years that the locusts have stolen. And I can see too, just your spirit, there's coming a point where your spirit is going to be settled. It's going to live in the substance of God not in the substance of what your life has been. And so, Father, we just thank you for this beautiful night. <laughs> we thank you so much. You're so good at pulling people out and making something so good of them, Lord. We thank you for Rick's life in Jesus' name. Amen.